Welcome uh, to this conversation. I'd like to talk about renewal during and beyond the Lenten season. Uh, I am Reverend J. Stewart Glover. I'm here today with my wife, Stephanie, and as Christians, we would like to talk for a little while about renewal during and beyond Lent. The Lenten season is a 40-day period leading to the celebration of Easter, or, or as some call it, Resurrection Sunday. So it begins on Ash Wednesday. Some say the Lenten season ends on Easter. Some say it ends three days before Easter. And some say it ends on Good Friday. But uh, rather than get into a technical dispute, different traditions count the days differently and, and observe Lenten different ways. So rather than get into a technical dispute, I would, I would like to talk about how I view the Lenten season. And of course, we invite you to join and and let your voice be heard, because I believe that we can learn from one another. Now, a scripture that comes to mind from the Old Testament is a, is a scripture, scriptural passage from the prophetic book of Joel, the second chapter, verses 12 and 13. The prophet says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. So now this is one portion of scripture that is traditionally read during this time of Lent. So to, to add a little context, let me say this. The people in the prophet's audience had departed from living in accordance with the law as given by Moses to the people of Israel. But I think it's important for us to, to look into the frailty of their, their human condition before we rush to judgment. There were social conditions that negatively impacted their overall well-being. The hardships of their life included drought, famine, hunger, extreme poverty, sickness, disease, and military invasions that, that took them into captivity. They were oppressed and exploited, and, and these conditions went on for hundreds of years. And these people were driven into despair. Secondly, as we look into their condition, there were internal pullings or inclinations towards sin. They have been referred to in the biblical text as a stiff-necked people, an adulterous generation, an idolatrous people. They were rebellious. They resisted and rejected God and even killed his prophets. So when you combine the, the hardships of their lived experience with their own proclivity towards sin, we end up with a people who are in despair. Desolation has overtaken them and they are driven to hopelessness, diminished faith, and they've lost all trust in God. So in our text, it was in this context of despair that God shows up and speaks through the prophet, extending this invitation to return to God. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. 
So now we know that this text was written a long time ago, but today we also struggle with similar challenges and we also depart from faith, hope, and trust along our life journey. After all, we live in, uh, in a world that is plagued with war, senseless violence in the streets, poverty, inflation, sickness, political tensions that certainly can have an impact on our well-being. And tragically, sometimes we also allow ourselves to be overwhelmed and we're set on a trajectory towards hopelessness and despair. So where can we begin? We're not left without guidance. Thanks be to God for the scripture says, return to God with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. This portion of scripture is a call to repentance and fasting was part of it. For fasting is a way to tame the flesh and it allows us to see a little more clearly relative to the things of God. But please note that if you are taking medication, if you're on medications, this type of fasting is probably not for you. Now, I, I will say that in some traditions, people have been led to give up things that re represent this call to fasting as a sacrifice. Some people give up meat and eat fish. Some people will give up something that they really like, like a latte, ice cream, potato chips. But I think it's a rather reductionist view of being renewed during and beyond the Lenten season to focus on these small sacrifices. So my wife is here today and I wanted to ask her, Stephanie, what do you think about this type of fasting? Well, I would have to give up jelly beans, but that's just me being a wise guy. But, um, one thing I do agree with is that if you're on medication, uh, and you have to eat something to take the medication. And, um, it's, it may not be a good idea to not eat. But the thing that um, I, I think about is, uh, what about people who can't afford meat or fish? You know, they can't afford to give up meat because they have no meat, and they can't afford to substitute it with fish because they, you know, they can't afford the fish. So how do they participate in the Lent fast? Are they just left out? Okay, so that, that's a good point, Stephanie. I think that the those this tradition perhaps was was um, created and postured from a from a, a posture of privilege that we even have those things. So uh, I guess that brings our attention to the fact that the idea of fasting and, and sacrificial, the giving up of something goes way beyond uh, a, a portion of food. Um, there's a greater, a greater calling to things that we can give up. So I suggest that there are other things that we can give up or abstain from during and beyond this Lenten season. How about giving up bitterness? How about abstaining from unforgiveness and harmful rhetoric? Even abstaining from harmful religious rhetoric. Yeah, I'm talking about language that hurts people instead of building them up. How about if we leave that out of our daily diet? So yes, there are things that we can give up 
um, besides food. So then the, the scripture went on to say, and I won't be long here today, but the scripture went on to say, rend your heart and not your garments. So in this way, God is looking for more than an outward expression of grief and sorrow. God is looking for transformation of the heart and mind and sincere service to God and each other in our communities. So yes, uh, we can add some things in our life that work on the condition of our heart. Things like prayer and meditation, scriptural readings, acts of kindness, charity, love, gentleness, forgiveness, and self-control. So, so I don't know where everybody who's listening, and I thank you for coming in, I don't know where you are in your life experience, your faith journey, your spiritual walk, you may be struggling. You may be coming up the rough side of the mountain. And sometimes there is so much struggle going on that we lose hope and our faith diminishes. On the other end of the spectrum is you could be doing so well in life that your success has facilitated your wandering from God into a, a place of self self-sufficiency. And you consider yourself as no longer needing God or you don't have time to pencil God into your busy schedule. Wherever we are, God is calling us to return to him. So we all have our moments and we can all return our hearts to God. So I just, today, I, I just want to encourage us to, to grab hold of, as we say in the Baptist church, to grab hold of God's unchanging hand, no matter what we're going through. Uh, let us always return to God in prayer. Prayer is, is a wonderful thing. Um, prayer is uh, a way that we engage into a, a sacred space of dialogue with God. Prayer is more than just talking to God, but it also involves hearing from God. It's important to engage in this, this two-way conversation. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody and, and, and not spoken to them? Well, it's time that it's a good thing to take time and talk to God. And not only talk to God and hear from God. So prayer is more than just um, just sitting and talking to God and acting like you're doing better than you actually are. It's good to be transparent in your prayer before God. Let God know how you feel. If you don't feel good and there are reasons why, let God know. Not that he doesn't know, but guess what? As you exchange your feelings with God, he just might tell you how he feels about you. So prayer is a wonderful thing. And prayer is not only just about talking. Prayer is about meditation. You can sit with a portion of scripture and read it over and over and over and expect to hear from God. You can sit with a poem. You can sit with a song and listen to the words and think about God. And God can speak to you through a poem. So in, in closing, I would just like to say that um, during this Lenten season that we can look forward to the, the transformation of, of our hearts and minds as we draw close to God in preparation for the celebration of Easter. And Lent is more about renewal than it is about giving up potato chips or French fries. So and let's just, beans. and jelly beans, as my wife says. So let's just um, look forward to, to embracing the love justice and peace of God. During this Lenten season, let us grow spiritually and mature in the love of God and, 
and, and be a people that strive towards love, justice, and peace in this world. Thank you all for coming in, and I hope to uh, join with you again shortly. Thank you, and goodbye.